0: Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Mobio Kugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. Uh, this week, I'm very excited. Uh, we're joined by one of my best friends in the game, founder of LBF, Live, Breathe, Football, Mr. LBF himself, Abun Um uh, We'll be talking Jose Mourinho's new job, uh, shout out to the special one, uh, Olivia Maltres' <laughs> NWSL lawsuit, and uh, it's been a good, it's, it's just a good week. And then Champions League final and more. Uh, first and foremost, the boom, how you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Can't, can't complain. Weather's nice out. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're rocking, so I'm feeling good.
0: Nah, thanks for making the time. This is the first time I didn't have to hit up your assistant and to hit up the secretary. <laughs> oh, hang, hang on a second. Phone that's
1: phone that's phone that's. To, that's I, I don't have an assistant <laughs> or <over> secretary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, probably should get an assistant though. Oh my god, I'll be so, I'll be so busy these days. But no, nah, no, nah, of so course. Yeah. We we no. go way back for so anything, man. I'm I'm here for you, bro.
0: No nah, respect and yeah. So for context, you know, so Aboom was literally my first friend outside of. The Philadelphia Union team in Philadelphia. Uh, we met randomly. Um, his uh, older cousin had a Nigerian re- or a Nigerian restaurant, mm-hmm. so I was there like once, twice a week. And uh, boom found out, and then we just linked up, and then we actually met like officially, officially
1: at an Ethiopian spot. Right? It was an Ethiopian spot. A Senegalese spot. Senegalese uh, spot. Yeah, because yeah, uh, my cousin's restaurant closed down, and then I guess you were trying to find other like African spots in the city. And I was like, yo. I know none of the spot. And then we just kind of like, links from there.
0: Yeah. And he had me waiting out in the cold. Uh, <laughs> nah, but it's, it's,
1: been, it's been all love since then. So Yeah. I remember I just walked past it even though it was you. <laughs> so Good times, man. Good times.
0: Yeah. So we're going to get into, you know, our relationship, everything you're doing with LBF. But first question we ask everybody, uh, when did you fall in love with soccer?
2: I've got to do two truths in the cap first.
0: Oh, yeah. My bad. Running back, Run it back. Two yep. truths and a cat, And <laughs> make truths. sure it's uh, unbiased because, you know, obviously... So, about myself. Yeah. Two truths and a cat. Yeah. Mm,
2: two truths and a cap. Or it can be okay. about the brand, too. If it's something you think a Moby might not
1: know. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, I was born in South Jersey. Um, I... I studied engineering at Temple and wait, hang on a sec I just messed that up. No, no, I didn't, um, study engineering at Temple and, um, LBF is going to be 10 years old this year. Do another one too. Oh, it's okay. Another mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm the oldest sibling in my family. I'm the oldest, oldest of three. Do another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to help L out. I want to make sure when I'm here, he's not saying I know <laughs> anything. <laughs> okay. Um, I I've never been. I've never been outside the country. Okay. Wait, hang on a second. No, that, no, that can't. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what's going on, my God? <laughs> Bro, this is so hard. I got to think of... Uh, okay, so we need one more. Um, we've done two collections with Major League Soccer. Okay. Oh, that's a good question. All right. So we good? Yeah. All right.
0: So recap, you're getting rid of the Jersey one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right, so to recap, um, I was born in South Jersey. No, get rid of that one. Get rid of that one. What? I wasn't born uh, in South Jersey. Yeah, but you say it's two tricks in a cap.
0: Yeah, but I already know that,
1: you know? Oh, so is that yeah. something you don't know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, I'm, so just trying,
0: I'm just trying to make it fair for L, because L's been kicking my ass, so I'm making sure, like, <laughs> he don't have anything like, well, you knew a boon, so like,
1: nah. <laughs> well, that's hard, bro. Like, you know me better than most people do, so it's gonna be hard for me to come up with something that you don't know about. No, um, thanks. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna do three new ones. Okay, so. All right. I'm five foot eleven. Um, I play on the wing when it went soccer. I play on the wing, and. um I've worked with a major sports brand. That's three. Yeah, damn. Hmm. Yeah, that's better. The movie's a little quiet right yeah. now, so I feel like. <laughs> yeah,
2: and we can't ask follow up questions. So I got to couple yeah. follow up questions, but mm. now nah, we can't. So, can't so you ask... you got
1: to guess which one is the the cat. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Now you got to be capping on five eleven. No one says five eleven. It's either like six foot, they round up, or it's five ten. So that's my that's my answer. <laughs> that's
2: yeah. funny. Yep. Yeah, I might roll with that one too.
1: You no, know, that's that was obviously the cap because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so obviously not six foot but i was just like right, i'm 5'10 so like 5'11 is yeah, exactly. So <laughs> no one like that's one of my homegirls <laughs> say like if a guy says
0: they're 5'11 they lie so <laughs> just, then i'm like wait what do you mean He's like yeah they either round up or they like are honest so no one ever says that's hilarious oh, oh but that's great all right so two truths in the cap but let's get it let's get into it first question we ask everyone is
1: when did you fall in love with soccer When I fall in love with soccer, my earliest memory of playing soccer was like back in Nigeria where I was born, right? I think I was maybe, I wanna say like four or five, like just my uncle bought me a soccer ball, just kicking around the house, right? And then there's there's a soccer field across the street from my house in in Nigeria. Like I would just, every day after school, I'd go play from six to 7.30 and at 7.30, I could literally see my house like from the soccer field and my dad literally got me a watch that was set to like, the alarm would go up at 7.30. So like, get your ass back in the house. I would look at the watch, I would look at the house and I'd be like, ah, 30 more minutes. Not every single day, it was the same thing. I would get in trouble, I'd get beat, I'd get grounded. But I, I'll be right back. So that was basically, yeah, I, like, I would those, get beat, I'd get in trouble, I'd get grounded. I'd, the next day I'd beg, oh dad, can I go play please? All my friends are out there, say so I can't da da da. I finished my homework. Okay, fine, 7.30 again. Make sure you come home. And this was just kind of like my life for, you know, and that's what I remember most about growing up in Nigeria. So for me, like my that my fondest memories were playing soccer growing up in Nigeria. So that's when I first fell in love with the game, just always like watching the Super Eagles, you know what I mean? Because we didn't really get like Premier League. I mean, I think we'd maybe watch like Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, because those are the only yeah. teams we could really watch at that time. But for me now, like that's that's kind of like my, my earliest memory of, of really falling in love with the game. No respect
0: so obviously you're Nigerian born and bred but uh, talk about you know your upbringing you know moving to the states Um, how is it finding soccer out here you know Nigeria soccer's number one it's in the blood but then coming to the states where you got basketball you got football you got school you're adjusting Mm -hmm. Um, how is it to still maintain that love for soccer and you know just your adjustment
1: coming coming stateside. Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, it, w- it was tough at first, just because again, like I think you know, we talk about like in Nigeria, like soccer was everywhere. Like it's just what like I did, is what my friends did, is what we watched. My uncle, like dad, uncles, friends, down to everyone, like everyone was into football, right? But then coming here, it was kind of like I was the only one that was into it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it was like okay, I could go to the field, you know, not too far from my house, and juggle by myself, but like, or I play my backyard, but like it was just kind of meek, and it was like oh, everyone else plays basketball. So I started playing basketball for a little bit. I mean, I still had that love for soccer. Anytime I could get a chance to watch it or whatever, like whenever it was on, I got, I tried to catch it, but it wasn't really as prevalent as it was for me when I was growing up in Nigeria. Um, and obviously then, you know, going to go to high school, is like, oh, I can join the high school soccer team, right? So mm-hmm. I bet, like now I can like really kind of get back into this thing that I really care about so much. Um, but it was tough for a while just because like, you know, in my neighborhood, like everyone played basketball or baseball. Yeah. No one played soccer. So, like, okay, you're the black kid that wants to play soccer. Like, what? Like, where where, where do they do that? That type of thing, you know. So yeah. I'd always go to like my cousin's house because there was a field across from his house. I'm like, well, if I go to Dylan's house, like I can just like walk across the street with my ball and just like practice like you know just yeah. touch. So I wasn't really there was no real game situations. That I would have like just kind of like me just trying to just juggle or kick the ball around because you know I kind of had that love and I needed to kind of like you know exercise that.
0: Yeah, so you never had the chance to play for like, for like a competitive travel team or
1: anything like that? No, because like one, my mom couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. was working like m- multiple jobs. So it's kind of like, all right, well I'll play during the season. And then like, you know, maybe in the summertime where like before the season started, like a couple of the homies like Marco and like his brother would like, they knew like other leagues, so they would like drive. So I'd drive with them. So we'd go like to, you know, way far down South Jersey to just play. Like, no, I never got a chance to play travel soccer, unfortunately, just because, like, it was just not a reality for my family at the time.
0: No, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, on past episodes, we've had uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, the pay to play and, you know, being accessible to everyone. And, you know, your situation is different, but it still speaks to the value like, someone growing up, wanting to play, wanting to get involved, and just not having that opportunity to that extent. Um, Yeah. so, So talk about, you know... You get to college, you get to temple, uh, you run in mm-hmm. temple. Um, talk about how live breathe football started.
1: Yeah, so a little a little bit of a um kind of backtrack. Like in high school, I started like making t-shirts. I kind of knew at that point, like I wanted to get into like the clothing apparel space, right? Like that's kinda how I made money. Like I couldn't really get a job enough like that. So I was just like make shirts selling to my friends for 15, 20 bucks, and that's how I was able to like, buy sneakers, pay my cell phone bill, that kind of thing, right? And then, um, you know, at Temple, like, I found these um these people that were like play. We used to play. I think Don was the first person that told me like, yo, these guys play every night. You know what I mean? Like from ten p.m. to one a.m. And um, I was like, oh, this is dope, right? And then he said, actually, these other guys play from six to nine, and that's <laughs> better. I was like, I best. So now I can actually go to bed early, like you know, wake up yeah. and go to class and stuff. And like, so I just, there's this group of people that was just, everyone like lived and breathed football. So that was kind of the inspiration for, around, for the brand at the time. And then I just remember like, I was in class when they just drawing and like the shirts just kind of like, the word just kind of came up on the, on the gym, like live, breathed football. And I was like, okay, they, this is something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I had the idea from when I was 19 years old. It wasn't until I was like 21, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do something with this. You know what I mean? Like with this yeah. thing. And I was like, 21, i call going make 21 shirts. This says live, breathed football on it. And... I'm gonna put them online, see see what it does, and then they kind of sold out in like an hour. I was like, oh snap! It was only 21 shirts. It's not that many shirts, but I was like, this is cool. Like 21 random people on the internet bought something that I made. Like that was kind of special to me. So that was kind of really how it just just kicked off from there. You know what I mean? And then yes, here we are. From that standpoint, all right, 21 mm-hmm. shirts, and it's
0: like, all right, now do I start a whole business or it's like, all right, let me, I, I'm gonna do another drop.
1: Nah, it wasn't even, I didn't know anything about business, bro. I was just like making shirts. And I was like, oh, I spent $160 to make these shirts. Now it's $400 or something. I was like, that's cool. And then it was like, obviously I was still in school, still in architect, still obviously trying to like graduate or whatever it was. Um, but I just remember like, every time I'd go to like studio in my class, like it just became more and more of what I wanted to spend my time on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh crap, like I could be building this model. And things, I loved architecture, like which is what my major at the time. Like, I, I loved this, but like, I find myself in class, like spending more time drawing and making new shirts. Um, And like you were saying, it was like random drops, like, oh, if I got inspired by something that happened in soccer, I would drop a shirt, could buy it, that kind of thing. But I remember it wasn't until I was about to graduate that my professor, (laughs) she called me, I always tell this story. She called me to her office, like, "Um, you're not doing too well, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, like, and this is studio. So studio is not one of those classes you can like, oh, I'm just taking it again next semester. Like you fill a studio, like, you're, you're a whole year behind, you know? And like, this is like, yeah. you know, my junior year, I'm like, okay, I don't want, one, I don't want to fail. And two, the like, architecture is one of those classes where like, those majors were like, it's very small. So there's like 20 something to 30 something kids in our class. So Everyone knows everyone and you kind of like yeah. move, you know, year by year together. So I, I don't want to be going, I was, that, was, that was left <laughs> yeah. back. Now you're with, with the young, with the previous, in you know, the second years and like, you're looking crazy. So, for sure, like, listen, I know when you, when you come to the studio, like I can tell you're not like, dicking around like you're doing something but you're yeah. just not doing studio work and she said just promise me that like this thing you're doing like you're really talented kid i think whatever you do decided to do in life you'll be successful i just make sure like you're focused on that so i'll pass you so you can graduate but just make sure you take this seriously now was kind of like the the moment i was like okay like not nah, can't really i can't fuck around because she basically like that was like a gift that she gave me. It was like, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll make sure like I pass it when so you graduate. Cause she didn't have to do that. She was like, yeah, facts. nigga, you're not doing your work. Sorry, like better luck next year type of thing. You know? So she passed me. I was able to graduate. I was like, all right, cool. Like now I had her blessing. I can just like, so I literally just come to studio and just design shirts. Like that's what I was doing for, you know, the, till like I graduated. And then from that point on, I was like, okay, I don't have schoolwork to worry about now let me just try to focus on building this and making like a, a proper business, which I still didn't even know, really know how to do, but I was like, at least now i have all my time to be able to focus on that and not worry about studying or building models or, you know, drawing plans and stuff like that.
0: Nah, uh, yo, know, mad respect to the teacher though, because like, like, like anything, there's always that, like that one person that helps you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. take it to that next level. So in soccer, whether it's like a coach that like gives you your first breakthrough or yep. like a, you know, a meditation coach, or in your case, a teacher. So, shout out to that. But obviously, you're Nigerian. Uh, yep. Entrepreneurship, uh, how did that come about? Like, when you had to tell your mom and your family, like, I, you know, I know I went to school for architecture. I'm really talented at at that. Yeah. I, know you, I know you still do some work on the side when it comes to that, but how did that conversation go?
1: Well, I remember... Around the time, like, I was, always, I was just reading a bunch of stuff, and I came across this quote that said, like, um, "It's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission," right? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this applies to like a Nigerian, like Nigerian parents, like, 100." So my thing was like, "All right, I'm just gonna start this brand. I'm not gonna tell my mom about it. Like, oh. I'm just gonna do it." So I was already doing LBF. And I think it wasn't until like, um, we were on like, I think it was like some show on in Philly, like the Today Show or something, we give away like 75 shirts to the the, the audience, or something like that. And then someone from our church watched the show. and was like, oh, like I saw your son on TV, da, 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 da. So that's kind of how my mom found out about LBF, right? Yeah. And for me at that point, it was like, it was a lot easier of a self to tell her like, hey, look, like I'm doing this business. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm not going to go to grad school. So the first chance I really had to to tell her that was like on my graduation day, like I'm not going to grad school because the conversation we had had before that was like, Go to grad school, like get the best degree you possibly can, you know, get a job all that, like yeah. the traditional stuff, you know, like I've always yeah. known that like, that was just not my path, you know. So that was the first time I really had the confidence to tell her, like, look, like this is what I want. And things before this happened, like, you know, we don't, we we're on TV, it's today's show, we won the union t shirt design competition. There was a few things under my belt that like yeah. weren't massive deals really, but it's kind of like, okay, well, there's something here that I think is worth exploring a little bit, you know. So right. once I told her, she just kind of knows, like, I've always kind of been a stubborn kid. I was going to do whatever I wanted to be a part of this anyway. <laughs> you know? So uh-huh. she's like, all right, like, that's fine, you know? And, um, yes, yeah, so like, that was really how that played out. And thankfully, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of paid off. So, you know, she's not really worried about, you know, yeah. going to grad school or, or getting a job now.
0: No, I think that uh, you said it best. I mean, when it comes to Nigerian parents and it's, uh, it's why we love them and no fault of their own, it's just, it's like negative encouragement. And it's just because they want us to do well. So they want us yeah. to do like the most, like the path to least resistance, like yeah. engineer, doctor, architect, yeah. lawyer. Um, yeah. So it's like, you almost have to have signs of successfulness. And it's like,
1: oh, I always knew you were going to do that. Like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I get it though, for them, it's like, it's a matter of like the safety, right? Like if you become a yeah. doctor, like there's, that path has been charted. Everyone's walked that path of yeah. times. You know, if you go to med school, you graduate and like you'll, you'll get a job, right? If you become uh, an attorney, you'll get a job. It's just like, okay, you're gonna start a business selling shirts about soccer. Uh, it, it's such a foreign concept to think about. It's like, there's no precedent for that. I think that that's what really kind of concerns them. Um, But it's like, yeah, there's no precedent for that. But like, there's plenty of other people who walk different paths and been successful. So for me, those are my inspirations. And I was like, what made me feel confident about kind of taking this journey, you know?
0: No, nah, that's great. And that's a perfect segue to my next question is like, What's the hardest thing about, you know, starting LBF that you've learned so far? And then from the standpoint of like someone wanted to follow in your footsteps, like what would you tell them? Like, all right, this is what I did, but you need to do it
1: this way. Yeah, Um, I would say the hardest thing was like that knowledge gap, right? Mm -hmm. That you don't know what you don't know. Right. Because for me, it was like there weren't really any entrepreneurs in my family. I don't anything about even making clothes. Really, you was just kind of like, okay, I have this idea, and I'm just gonna start it, right? So, like you said, you take one step, and then you like you f- learn a few things, and you take another step, and you kind of keep going from there. So for me, that was the hardest thing, was just like not even really knowing what I was doing. Like I had an idea of what I wanted to accomplish and where I wanted to go, I had no idea how to get there, didn't really have the resources. To, so that was really the hardest thing, was kind of realizing that and getting over that, and also doing and building a business without any financial like Stability, like I didn't have a job. we just kind of like, okay, I'm just every, whatever the business made, put it back in. Whatever the business made, that's kind of always been our motto. So it's like it's tough to live that way when, like, you know, you're people you graduated with, like a grad, you know, they're they're buying houses. They're oh, I'm yeah. working here at this great company. It's like I'm happy for you, but like, I just know that was never my path. So it's like trying to like justify putting all this time into something that is um, takes so long to materialize, you know what I mean? And, and business is challenging. And even now they were doing well, like it's still growing pains associated with that. Whereas if you get a job, it's like, all right, well, whatever happens to the company every, every two weeks I get a paycheck, cool. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, that was definitely the hardest thing was just like not really knowing what I was doing or having any experience whatsoever.
0: No, I, pre- no, I appreciate you sharing that. I think like playing that long game is, is hard, yeah. but it's
1: important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely yeah. important for sure. Um, Quickly, how
2: how has uh your architecture background kind of helped influence your design when it comes to clothing? like mm. think about like the kind of like on your virtual ablo type shit like yeah he's yeah, an architecture yeah. student and now he's designing clothes. Mm-hmm. like how does your your architecture background kind of influence and help you with the way that you design?
1: That's a great question, right? because I think it's helped me approach fashion and apparel in like a very structural way you know, right. that's not really based on like trend, right? Like apparel is a very trendy industry. So, okay, these colors are trending. Like these, this aesthetic is trending for us. It's like, okay, like what's the form and function of this garment that we're making, right? Because a building, when you, when you design architecture, like, okay, this building is, is a house. So it has to have a bathroom and bedrooms and windows. And you kind of have all these limitations that you kind of have to like, all these, sort of these parameters you kind of have to work around. And I kind of approach design in that same way. It's like, okay, look, like, we're making these pants for soccer players. So like, the construction has to be, you know, we have to think about that. The fabric has to kind of work for us for movement, but also be like stretchy, but like, you know, think about how does it look when you're not playing soccer? Like all these different things kind of come into my mind when I'm, you know, designing a product for us. So that's really like how I'll say architect has influenced my, um, my design, but also just even the structure of our the program that I did at Temple was kind of, it was very free. It was kind of all right, cool. Like you have a studio class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one to so I think it was 140 to 5 or 6 or whatever. You have a project, 14 weeks a semester, go crazy. So there wasn't really that much structure. You kind of had to like time management was up to you, building your models, do your drawings, all that stuff was on you. So I think that kind of prepared me for starting a business because it's like, all right, well, it's your it's your thing to kind of like decide what it becomes, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how how I'd say that background is, is impacted my my design.
0: No, that's a really interesting. I've never heard you like, uh, I've never heard that question asked you. So I thought that was, that's really a, um, a great answer and provides insight to some of the products that you have. And I know we're going to have all that stuff in the show notes, but mm-hmm. uh, the turbo pants, you know, some of the things that you designed in that, you know, perfect the, soccer paint. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 it really is, though. Like, every time I rock them, I get a... Like, well, where'd you get those? Or, I need to grab dope. me some. I've been that's looking
2: dope. at them. I need to grab some. <laughs> so, that's
0: dope. it's like a it's like free promo every time I wear it. It's like, like no no cap.
1: But yeah, I um, think that's great. Like, I think it's awesome to just have made products that people, like, genuinely care about, right? It's like... Mm-hmm. Nah, because that's kind of always the goal. That I want to make something, that, like, that's timeless, that lasts, and that people actually like, yo, I... I felt even when I wear my pants, I feel like, yo, where do you get those pants at? And I'm like, okay, that's because not even soccer people asking me. It's just like yeah. some random fashion person like Saks or wherever I'm at. I was like, yo, those pants are dope, you know. And I think that's that's really that's a great feeling for sure.
0: No, to, so to that point, what's been your favorite uh partnership to date? Or actually, actually, when did you know like obviously you knew, but like when was it where you had like an athlete or someone rock your 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 apparel and you were like what like I didn't even have to hit them up. Like, how did they how did they even
1: get that in their hands? Like, what, what was that moment for you? Um. So all right, I'll talk about that moment. But I think when kind of when you and I became friends, I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm friends with a professional soccer player. Like that to me just was like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. You know, even though like we we're just homies, it was like, yo, this is yeah. dope. Like a professional soccer player. And then like obviously just you how you supported us even back then was super dope to me. This is even before anyone. Yeah, uh, Even, like, cared really what we were doing, like, you cared. So that, that was always dope to me. Um, But I think the first moment I had was, like, when... I think it was, like, 2 a.m. I was, like, asleep. And like, I, remember, I just remember my phone going off. And, like, someone had tagged us in a post with uh, Pato. This was back yeah. when we saw the Ace of Milan. And had worn, like, the George Best shirt. You know what I mean? Like, on you know, like, on the plate. So they had played like... You got to bring, st-
0: bring those back, man. I'm timeless. Bro, yeah,
1: <laughs> That's that's part of the goal for this year is to bring all of those timeless pieces and turn them into the NFTs we talk about. But that's oh, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But that moment was dope. I was like, whole oh, snap, like Pato. Cause it's like everyone around the world knows who Alexander Pato is. Yeah. And that was such a dope moment. And then David Luis shortly after that was just kind of like, wait, what? Like that mm-hmm. was that was that was dope. Um yeah, those moments are pretty. But even now it's like you'll get an order, you see the name, and you'll be like <laughs> I know where he plays at. You know, yeah. you know like, oh like this is this is a Bundesliga player. Like, this is cool. You know what I mean? So um it's trying to kind of take a life of its own. But I think Pato was definitely the first person that made me feel like, yo, okay. Like yeah. Like because it's like he saw that shirt and he just grabbed it and was like, I want to wear this. To me, that's always like the, the yeah. cool part. It's like they can wear anything, you know. So to see them pick up what we've created is, is very cool.
2: No, that's Eway so was rocking some stuff recently too, right? Yep, 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 yeah, the
0: terrible shirts. Yeah, yeah yoga, you, got heavy, you got some heavy hitters, man. Rocking,
1: rocking LBF is different out here. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's like a good moment right now because it's like, it's, it's not even just people in the soccer space because like that's kind of what it's for. So it's like, well, obviously they would rock it, but then when it's people outside of that going, you know, I think that's dope, that's fresh. Yeah. That's that's like the biggest compliment. Nah, so, t- so talk
0: about that because football is the global game but mm-hmm. it's so synonymous with culture, music, lifestyle. Did you always have that in the back of your mind when you started this apparel company? Or was it sort of like, well, I rock with, I rock with football
1: and I know people are going to rock with me and then go from there? Nah, I mean, I think naturally when I create, all the things I'm into and passionate about kind of like show up in that. Like I've always been into fashion and clothing. Like I grew up like Ralph Lawrence to me was like, you know what I mean? So I love music. Like I've been listening to hip hop since I was like five or six, you know? Like I've been into fashion, clothes, design, cars, like all sorts of like different things. So like all those things kind of kind of appear in, in the stuff that we're making. Um, so I think because of that, when we're making the stuff we make like is meant to work it. I was like, well, do I want to wear this? You know? Yeah. And I want to wear this on the pitch, but I don't want to wear this off the pitch. I think just that sensibility naturally, like People can kind of see that, I'm like, oh, yo, you know what? Those, yeah, those are fly. Like, one of my one of my good friends out here in Philly, he doesn't care about soccer at all. He's like a he's like a designer head. He's wearing like Tom Ford, like Balenciaga, yeah. like all those like big like big designer brands. But he's always wearing Maestro pants. Like every single day, he's wearing Maestro pants. And it's just, I'm like, okay, like if, if he thinks like that, our brand can kind of play in that same level. That's cool because like yeah, he's gonna wear like a Dior T-shirt, or like LBF pants. And like to me, yeah. that's like okay. That kind of just shows that like the products that we're making kind of fit in so many different arenas, you know. Cause I says, oh, you can only wear this in this way yeah. versus that way.
0: No, nah, that's yeah. a great point. I think that's why a lot of people rock with LBF. So quick question before I ask like the serious question who got some more fashion, you or your brother?
1: <laughs> he does. Um that's a great older brother question right there. Yeah. He, no so like for me, I'm um, more of like I like the classic timeless stuff, you know what I mean? But he's kind of on top of everything. He's always like switching things up. Like he's a bit more like, he'll like explore different things. I'm like, yo, I know what I like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'll kind of like stay in a certain, in a certain vein. Plus it's also tough that I make clothes. So I'm like, I really go shopping for clothing now. So it's like, yeah, I'm wearing my shirt pants and LBF t-shirts all day, every day. Like he's like, he's experimenting and trying different things out, but he's, he's a fresh kid for sure.
0: Okay. So, yeah. I know I was going to ask you this earlier, but favorite partnership to date? Obviously, you guys just did the Bleach Report, BLM um, mm-hmm. collab, which was amazing, not only for the social impact and the awareness that you guys brought, but um, just another uh, just another knock on the list of goals that you have for LBF. Uh, talk about some other partnerships, um, favorite partnerships, different things like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. I think each one has challenged us in a different way, right? Because one, the first thing is when you would do these collaborations, you work with a corporate entity. And for us, like we're not really that corporate in the way we operate. So it's a new experience each time. It's okay, there's nine people on the phone call, so many stakeholders and so you're just trying to like, navigate everyone's like role in this, in this, in this sort of big picture. Um, so that's like always an interesting challenge to kind of face up to. Um, but I would say for me, uh, if I had if I had to pick, it would be sporting KC. And just because of how organically that relationship came came about, and just kind of how much they trusted us before we even really like had, I and mean, we've been we've been LBF right, we've been doing our thing. Yeah. But like they kind of gave us the opportunity to play on a big stage before anyone else did. And to me, that I'll always be grateful for them to them for that. So I think I would have to say supporting Casey for that reason because they just like it's like you just so say you take a chance on that that young kid from the academy right. He comes in and starts bagging goals. It's like okay. Now, you know, uh-huh. now, now you kind of look good by, by allowing that to happen. So for us, I would say, I, mean, I would say definitely, definitely
0: KC. No respect. Yeah. I remember yeah. when those dropped. Yeah. yeah like yeah. when the, when the players rock with it, cause you know, they always like getting stuff, but that's how, you know, it's like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So when it, for sure.
0: when it comes to uh, LBF, what, what's like the five-year plan right now? I know you got long-term visions, but for the next mm-hmm. five years, what you guys are trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is just to be become, like, the premier soccer, football, lifestyle brand in the world, right? Because I think when we started, that wasn't even really a category. Like, there are people making, like, soccer apparel, but, like, from like, the lifestyle aspect of really, like, showing and telling the way that it started to be done now, I think we kind of pioneered that in a way. So I think it's, like, really saying, yeah, we're, we're, like, we're the big dogs in this. So for five years, like, in five years, I want people to go, when you think about soccer, lifestyle, apparel, you think about LBF. So that's really the goal. So in terms of like numbers of what that looks like, I don't know, but that's like in five years, I want people to go, oh yeah, LBF, those, those are the... Mm, 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 mm. So make LBF like a household name. in. in, in, in. But if you care about soccer, fashion, lifestyle, the culture of the game, I want LBF to be top of your mind.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, that's love. I, I definitely think that's gonna happen for sure. I feel like a lot of people are going to be outside this summer and you're going to see a lot of turbo shorts, um, bro. different colorways. I, I got to yes. get another pair, but right now yes. I'm rocking the black ones right now. So um, that's dope. But what you got,
1: L?
2: I was going to say, definitely need to talk about an LBF two cents capsule collection or something. Let's make it gotta happen. Got to get something popping off for the Let's summer. Let's make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into these topics. We're going to do a little news yeah, yeah, table this week. Um, so we got three topics this week. Yep, yep. Uh, first up, your boy Jose Marino survives again. He'll be taking over Rome. How does he do US it, man? <laughs> I don't know, man. The, the man keeps landing on his feet. So,
0: the special one, consider, what y'all talking about?
2: <laughs> so, after, some would, after what some would consider like failing 10 years at Man United in Tottenham, <laughs> um, the man. Bags another job this time in Serie A. So um, back in Serie A, actually. Um, so in a statement with the club, the club said they're delighted to announce an agreement that has been reached with Jose Mourinho for him to become our new head coach ahead of 2021-22 season. Roma had earlier announced that current head coach Paolo Fonseca will leave at the end of the season, and Mourinho has agreed a contract with Roma to the end of 2024. So what do you all think about this move for Roma and then also
1: for Mourinho? i let you go first. <laughs> so, I have two feelings on Jose Mourinho, right? On the one hand, I like him because, like, he's, he's like you said, he always lands on his feet. Somehow, some way, he does it. Like, it's like he always, he like fails forward, right? It's like, man, new job. I mean, he, he didn't fail a man. Obviously, they won the Europa League. They finished second that year. Goes, you know, I was like, no, he can't do it again. Goes to Spurs. And obviously, that didn't work out. And then now Roma, cause like, you know, I was on Twitter joking about he's going to end up in like MLS or like Nigerian, like just, you know, like, he's not going to get another, like, you know, uh, top level job, but he always finds it. So not, and not in any regard, like I respect anyone that can figure out, navigate their way through a very tough, you know, situation. Secondly, I just think his, I just don't like his approach. Like he seems like a very like heavy handed person. And I think, that approach worked, you know, 10, 15 years ago when he was, like, coaching, like, the Portos and, like, the Chelsea because, like, the players at that time was kind of more rugged and, like, they, they responded to that tough flow. This generation of players feels a bit different, not because they're soft, but because they just have more power and more say, right? Social media has kind of helped a lot with that. And so you, you need more, sort of, like, a more gentle hand with these players. I just don't think Mourinho's adapted to this new style of management. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can look at how Pep manages players or how Zidane, you know, even Ali Alia United, like the way he handles players is very different than the way like Mourinho has to handle players. So I think the game is moving past Mourinho in that way. So is he gonna do well at Roma? I don't know, but it's gonna be entertaining <laughs> at the very least because he's he always comes with the the banter. So um, definitely looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the special one, as a personality, you can't beat him. He's like yeah. a you know, top coach when it comes to that regard. I think him going to the Serie A is great for his style of play and his yeah. like approach to the game. Um, but like like Abun said, when it comes to you know adapting to your players, that's, that's what makes a great coach. And he still struggles yeah. with that because he's been so success- successful his way. It's hard to change, but the best mm. coaches adapt when it comes to you know, adjusting to different styles and trends and different things like that. So I think he's going to be successful. I think Roma is a good club. They're not going to like expect him to, you know, come in and win Champions League. You get a couple of couple of Copa Italias, probably sneak into Serie A, uh, Scudetto, whatever they call it. And then um, he only lasts like three, four years at the club and then go on to his next venture. So we'll see. Yeah. And I wouldn't say he failed at Tottenham. He was supposed to if he would have coached that cup final, he would have found a way to win for sure.
1: You think so? Yeah.
0: Against yeah. the city team? Oh yeah. He would have found a way, but the best oh, thing we'll is because we'll never know. So I could say that and be like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: okay. Oh. The crazy plot twist would be if Roma signs like Delhi Alley or somebody <laughs> like <for> next season.
1: <laughs> super crazy plot
2: twist.
0: Well, All it's right, funny
1: because so isn't, isn't that what's his name at, at Roma right now, Mikatari?
0: Chris, Chris Mullins Chris and McEachern. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> good. that.
1: Yo, that reunion is gonna be hilarious.
0: Uh, there's no gonna. Re- there's no reunion. Uh, Smalling's is on his phone with his agent right now. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, we gotta get, we gotta get, here. get me out of here." That's
2: funny. All right, so let's jump over to the women's side. Um, so, teen soccer phenom Olivia Moultrie is suing mm. NWSL for the right to play in the league. So, Moultrie. Is a 15-year-old soccer prospect who accepted a scholarship to UNC at age 11, and signed a marketing deal with Nike at age 13. Um, so she's recently filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NWSL. Uh, she currently trains with NWSL's Portland Thorns and has played in scrimmages with the professional team, but she's only eligible to play um, officially with the youth with the youth squad. So the re- the suit requests preliminary injun- injunctive relief that will allow Motri to be eligible to sign a professional contract. And play for the first team immediately. So court documents alleged that if not for the age minimum, Moultrie would have been eligible to sign and would have already signed a professional contract to play for uh, NWSL teams and could have signed a contract to do so last season. So the truth, the truth is, um, this is a quote. The truth is if Olivia Moultrie was male, she already have played in MLS said Miller, Nash, Graham, and Dunn sports law attorney, uh, Max Forer he's one of the lawyers who's representing her. Um, and further, she's already eligible to play for the U S women's national team, but can't officially play in a league that develops and prepares talent for that national team. And that's unfair. True. So I want to get you guys thoughts on this case. Um, what do you think the NWS, do you think the NWSL should adjust their age restrictions? Like what do you think should happen?
0: Yeah. So for me, uh, my, my whole, my quote around is like, if you're good enough, you're old, uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, mm-hmm with where W sorry, NWSL is at right now. Um it's I'm kind of confused because didn't they know this? She signed like two years ago when she was 13. So how like they should have addressed this issue way beforehand and now now it's coming up. So from NWSL standpoint, Portland thorn standpoint, I'm kinda like, all right, what's what's going on? Um but yeah NWSL definitely needs to address this issue um because as they continue to grow in stature and gain popularity and you know, uh, argue against why, and there's, there's no argument in, in terms of like viewership and equality and stuff like that, but as they continue to compare themselves against other leagues and MLS and USL and other leagues like that, you have to make sure that you're adequately representing your players. And Olivia's a player in your league, so um, let her play. <laughs>
2: You thinkable
1: no i agree with you on that it's just like if she was anywhere else she would be playing professionally right now right especially because she's good enough so i think um the i think the litigation is necessary because it, it kind of forces N- nwsl to have this conversation right um one about her specifically but then like about just the larger women's game as, as well as like look now that the women's game is developing you're going to have more talent coming through and they're also going to be younger and younger so you want to take advantage of that because if you don't let her play, then she's just going to go somewhere else in the league, in the world, right? And then you lose that talent to somewhere in France or England or what have you. And that doesn't help the league grow because again, right now, she's the number one talked about NWS, NWSL player and not for the right reasons because you're not letting her play, even though you, everyone knows that she's good enough. So I think, you know, it's in NWSL's best interest to kind of adjust this rule. And, and not just for her, but like for future, you know, young girls coming through. Because you can't say, well, no, you can, you have to wait till you're 18 to play. It's like that's a very that's an arbitrary age, anyway. You know, because mm-hmm. not every player develops at the same rate. So, if you have players that develop that age younger and are, ele- are good enough to play, then they let them play. It's as simple as that. For me.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like they're already kind of dealing with some bad PR, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. This year they've had a couple of issues with, you know not you know player equality and, you know, not standing up for their players and stuff like that. Um, so this is just another kind of ding to an already like year where you're not looking so hot, you know what I'm saying? So
1: yeah,
2: it should possibly find a way to, you know, to let this girl play. Um, and as you have more phenoms, more young phenoms out there, like you want to keep them in your league, Yeah, you know, like yeah. you already have some of like the, the larger, um, women's national team players jumping over to Europe, you know, to play during the off season and stuff like that. But you want to keep all that talent in your league. So you, you would want her to stay in your system. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you need to get unhinged from the NCAA and, you know, let her be more traditional in terms of how, you know, the soccer landscape works. And so if she's in your, if she's already playing for your youth teams and your academies, then, you know, why not get her on that pro deal as soon as possible.
1: No,
2: definitely. Yeah, so let's move over into Champions League. I know...
1: We uh, <laughs> can't Ar- wait to talk about this. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> we, we, we ain't going to talk about Arsenal and <laughs> Europa League. They just skidded out, skidded their way out the competition. But we'll um, we'll focus on the big competition. So City and City finishes off PSG. Chelsea knocks off Real Madrid for an all-Premier League final. Um, so a couple of storylines here. We have, you know... Uh, the US men's national team players guaranteed to win a Champions League trophy this year. We got Zach Steffens for City and uh Christian Pulisic for um, Chelsea. Um this could also be the last Champions League for both of these teams for a couple of years if UEFA gets their way um and, you know, enforces a ban on these teams for trying to start the for trying to, you know, start the Super League or whatever. Um, but then I want to get you guys picked who who's going to win. I already kind of know Moby's pick, but what are you guys' thoughts on these storylines and then also your pick to win?
0: Oh, so I'll go first. Uh, Chelsea's <laughs> for sure going to win. Uh, they got... Uh, Chelsea just has something against Pep, you know? And I think the 3 for 3 uh, matches up well with how uh, Man City plays and the run of form that we we have. I'm saying we like I'm on the squad. Uh, I think is it, big time. And, <laughs> you know, you got Conte in the midfield... Uh, like the way he's showing out he's just a big game player so barring any injury barring any like they shit the bed I think they're gonna win and I think they're gonna win like I don't want to say comfortably but they're gonna be they're gonna be good
2: this man big stepper right here big
0: stepper oh sorry let me talk about the uh (laughs) uh the other boy uh, what'd you say? The super, the super, I think that was just like, that's just negotiation leverage. They're going to, they're all going to work it out. I think that the big clubs just want a bigger portion of the revenue. Um, so they can keep funding and driving the conversation of, you know, business. All
2: right. What you think? Who's your pick?
1: I mean, it's like a lesser of two evils thing. I don't care <laughs> for Man City. Definitely don't care for Chelsea. Um, But I think it's interesting that this Champions League final is two teams that are like, you know, supported by oil money. So in the middle of a pandemic, when a lot of clubs are struggling, of course, the two teams that have unlimited pockets are going to be in a Champions League final. Um, I I, I don't know. I just I think City is going to be very, very hard to beat. Like John Stones and Ruben Diaz in the back them man together are just different. They're just a beast. And I don't even like yeah. to hold my defenders like that, but like to me, that's a bedrock of like a Champions, Champions League winning team. So I, I see I see Man City um, getting the win on that. Um, as far as the Super League thing, and what moving to this negotiations. The game's down to money now. Obviously the bigger clubs want a bigger share of revenue, which makes sense because they are responsible for so much of the conversation, the money that flows in and out of the game. But I think it's also important that like, the governing bodies fifa UEFA, like look out for the smaller clubs right because you can't just say well they have more money so tough shit like it is what it is it's like now like you have to make sure that like the game is equitable like you know more money is flowing into the smaller clubs because you want yeah. more leicesters to be in to you know have have a run at the title like you want all these other clubs to kind of participate at the highest because then that's really what c- competition is and if yeah. you know who's gonna like you know look at the bundesliga like you know by Bayern, Bayern one nine years straight like that's crazy Like you know, if you just kind of know like what it's gonna be, and then they just you know bought what's his name uh, from Red Bull, like just whatever the best talent is, they just take it. I just don't think that's really good for the overall health of the game. Um, So I think that needs to be addressed in some way. I don't know how what that's gonna be. Um, I just don't think Bannon is gonna work because if Bannon works, City should not be in this Champions League final. Yeah, because for for violating FFP. So. It's, it's 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 a tough call, man. Like I don't really know what the right answer is, but I think something more needs to be done to make the game a bit more feel more balanced. Because you can't just have like them spend a you know, two and a half billion in ten years to buy whoever they want. Like that's that's yeah. crazy. Sure, they have the money to, but it's just like you need to enforce those <laughs> FFP rules in some way, shape, or form. Because if you if you don't enforce it like they did with this with City, why not just? He's gonna get another owner buying another club, dumping yeah. as much money as it can in the club, and just right. He's gonna keep buying titles, and it's just like that. That's not really good for the game. It's good for yeah, city fans, yeah. but as a whole, it's like you want to make sure, like, yo, actually, you know what? Next year, another club might win because they have a little bit more more money to play with. They can they can attract better players because they can pay more wages because yeah. they have, a, you know, a bigger share of the pot versus city just being like, yeah, well. Oh, you need you. you need who? Yeah, sure, we'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, we them, we we oh, yeah, we'll buy it. So it's like, yo, what? That's, and look at cities. look at how deep their, their squad is. They brought, they were winning comfortably yesterday. They brought Aguero off the bench. They brought uh, Sterling off the bench. They brought, what's his name? Jesus. Like, who else can do that? Oh, uh, it's like, crazy. So,
0: you brought up a great but, point, though, like uh, like Byron, Byron, like Red Bull's like, coach. It's like some of these teams, like, but they're like feeder teams in their own league.
1: I, I just yeah don't that. that's crazy <laughs> it's crazy like, like you're making your competition the best before you. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's weird like, me. yeah it's it's so weird it's like uh, the fact that it's allowed to happen i think is a problem like i don't know what the rules need to become but it's, it's like, almost like okay if you loan a player out to a club in your league like that's the player can't play against you right yeah. so it's like they need to have some kind of rules like that say look like okay if you're gonna sell a player to like a rival like there has to be some Something to kind of make it a little bit more fair. You can't just be yeah. every season like Bayern just gets stronger and stronger by just poaching mm. the best talent <laughs> in, the, in the league. Like, yeah. crazy. yeah, that's, uh,
0: that's weird to me.
1: I think I think
2: Pep finally gets over the hump with this
0: one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sure, you give someone a billion
1: dollars, he better. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. My, well, like, like, how do you how do you think City's gonna lose? Like with Mariz. Myers doesn't play oh, we'll bring on Sterling. He doesn't play oh, we'll bring up Bernardo Silva. Bro, yeah. what?
2: This would be a nice send-off for Aguero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pep finally yeah. gets his uh his Champions League with City. Um, you know, everything's validated, all is well in the world. Um, but gotta 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 give respect to Tuchel in the way that he kind of shaped this team up, you know, after Lampard didn't know what to do with the Ferrari, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He got got it tuned yeah. up and got it working right so. Gotta respect that for sure. I mean, I mean he led PSG to the to the final. Was it like last year? Or yeah, he, last or year yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, last year, last yeah. He he yeah, back We're to back know. finals. Yeah,
0: Plus, so you gotta I put mean, some respect on his name. Yeah,
2: homie, homie is legit. So
0: yeah, and I'll put my hand up too because I was like, ah, I don't know about Tuchel, sure. uh, but he's got him rocking. So and um yeah. you guys are taking City, I gotta find a uh a, a fan duel DraftKings Put me on, <laughs> put me down for uh Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right there so you know. score predictions what do you think you said chelsea's gonna win what's the score gonna be 2-1 2-1 yeah okay 2-1 yeah. chelsea
0: early goal man city gets the run of play gets a goal like at the 60th chelsea gets one within 10 minutes
1: call it a day <laughs> Did you say goal against a run of play city's gonna dominate that game bro you know it already exactly, exactly. so
0: get the goal against the run and play Oh, Conte.
1: Chelsea! Get
0: the yeah, uh, Conte's like Gunter gonna be playing with the ball. Conte's gonna come in. Thanks for coming. Counterattack. attack, uh, goal. Then Man City's gonna wake up. We're gonna have to face some pressure. We're gonna handle it. They might get a goal around the 60th, and then they're gonna settle down. And then Chelsea's gonna be like, "All right," and then we get a goal, and then back and forth, two one. I'm telling you.
2: I'm gonna go two one the other way though. Okay. Same same scenario, but I'm gonna go two <laughs> one the other way.
1: I think I think it's gonna be a city trouble this year.
0: Okay. Champions so, League, uh,
1: Premier League, and EFL.
0: That's oh that's a great point that you said because a lot of people were talking about, oh well it doesn't count as a real trouble. So
1: you're counting it as a trouble. Bro, if you win three if you win three trophies in a year, that's a trouble to me. Like okay it's like everyone starts having these arbitrary <laughs> rules when like you don't like the <laughs> oh, team. Oh it's not, it's not like, the bro. FA Cups so it don't count like that. Nah. Yeah, it's a, it's everyone loves shifting the goalposts,
0: they love shifting the
1: goalposts. <laughs> If your team wins the EFL Cup, you're not gonna be happy. Like, <laughs> like, it's a cup, a cup is a I'd cup, man. Be happy winning thing. any trophy. Be honest, man. Speaking of trophies, on Arsenal, it's it's about to be a drought, bro. Yeah, yeah. when last year was a fluke, but it's about to be desert season out here for us. Cause I don't
2: know what's about to happen, but
1: we look real shaky out here, bro. We're not, mm.
2: very. And like, who's gonna who's gonna want to come play for us? Like, it's not looking good at all. There's no no hopes of Europe, either, None. competitions. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got tight purse string owners,
1: you know. Bro, even, if we, even if we got, like, the players we wanted, you got to get rid of these players. Who wants these players? And then is our Arteta Arsenal good enough to coach room. them? Bro, this is... <laughs> this is
0: an Arsenal yeah. AA room right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, Correct. speaking of let's 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 shift the topic. So on the TV they have um, Hazard celebrate with Mendy and um, Oh, uh, yeah. hold on, hold on, we're about to get to that. great, great, to to that. podcasting though.
2: Yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> let's jump into no card, yellow card, red card. So, um this is a rapid fire game that we play on the show where I read off some news topics or some headlines. It could be from sports, from sports world, soccer world, or it can be from pop culture. And you'll give your opinion on that topic using the soccer card system. So no card is, you know, I agree with it. I'm cool with it. Yellow card is I can go either way. And red card is, you know, obviously I disagree or I'm not cool with it. And kind of give a little explanation of why you gave it that card. So cool. to your point, Aiden Hazard is key keying it up with his boys from Chelsea after the game yesterday. after they, After Chelsea knocked out Real Madrid. Uh, and it's become kind of a source of outrage for Madrid fans and, I guess, front office alike. So, what card are we giving Hazard for? You know, being all chummy, chummy after his team just got knocked out.
1: Abunos, you go first. No card.
0: Oh, you gotta explain that,
1: bro. Like, those are his man. Those are his homies. He played in trust for eight, nine years, something like that. Like. It doesn't look good for the cameras like that's to me. What the only issue is where it's like I don't think it's just like It is what it is, bro. like those are your man's you haven't seen them in I'm saying he hasn't played well at Madrid. He's like, yo, happy to see the boys Circumstances are, are not ter- are not the best obviously, but I don't know let the guy live man. <laughs> It's like no card okay. Mobus, I, know you, I know you're a, you're gonna think it's a red card I have yeah, to say yeah.
0: red card cuz you just got you got to read the room, you know, you got to read the room. Obviously, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea you know, is like he's top 5, top 3 legend at Chelsea. Um, but you playing for Real Madrid now and like you know, playing for Real Madrid is a whole different ball game. It's like playing for the Yankees or playing for the Lakers. Like there's certain yeah. things that you just don't do. And then especially uh coupled with the fact that he's had an unfortunate uh, time at Real Madrid, you know, part of it just unfortunate, part of it just cause um you know he's been unfit and, and you know they're gonna try to make you as a scapegoat just wait till you get into the locker room or meet it like meet after the game. Yeah, so red car.
2: Okay. Respect that. All right. So last one. So we actually had two this two this week. So last one. Um no car, yellow car, red card. Sacramento's MLS bid still has some life after they're onboarding celebrities and athletes as minority owners to try and raise some more money to um, qualify for their uh, MLS bid. So some of the names include Guy Fieri, Tamira Mowry Tamira Maury Housley and her husband Adam. So sister, sister, one half a sister, sister. Um, <sighs> Festus Azili a former Warrior, NBA player. Eric Armstead, um, NFL player, former Niner. He's with the Colts now, right?
0: No, no, he's still with the Niners.
2: Oh, Eric. Oh, that's uh, the Forest Uh, Buck.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, Eric Armstead from the Niners. Uh, Uriah Faber, uh, MMA MMA fighter, and then E forty, and then a couple more people as well. So, what card are we giving Sac Republic for trying to crowdsource their way uh back into MLS bid?
0: I guess I'll go first because it's my city. Uh, shout out 916. Uh, I'm going to give a red card because you're calling all these people that I know and you ain't called me yet. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, you, they don't really want the team to get to Sacramento. Uh, now, but all jokes aside, uh, it's good. You know, Sacramento has a way of fighting through. Uh, this happened with the Kings and I, I know uh, Sacramento has a lot of potential to get it done. Um, there wasn't really like a big, big name around. Uh, the names that they listed, and no disrespect to uh, the the celebrities that were listed, like yeah, I know a couple of them like personally. They they're moving they're moving weight, but you need that that billion that billion dollar person. So uh, whoever it may be, call them up. Hopefully, it can get done.
2: So it's still that's a red she, card, or that's no, you, I'll bro? give a yellow card.
0: Yeah, yellow, yellow card. card. Right. <laughs> uh but. It, if they, if they really want to push it over the line, they got to call some folks that know some folks. So they got to call to
1: connect over there, Mr. Football <laughs> Athlete himself. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to a movie on this one. Like whatever red card he goes, a red card he goes yellow card because that's that's Mr. Sac- Sacramento right there. So they, they can't they can't get a team to Sacramento without a movie involved. So I'm rocking with yeah. my guy on that one. <laughs> all
0: right. Now, but all jokes aside, though, it's like a lot of some of these some of these soccer teams don't do a good job of tapping into the community. Uh, like that people that know like different things. And I'm not talking about it from my perspective, but you don't wait till after the fact, like, all right, now we have a team and like, oh, we want you to come and, you know, show your face at a game, like get into it, like before inception. So Austin FC, um, you know, they did a pretty good job. I think they could have done better. You got some other teams around the league, Oakland with Marshawn Lynch. I know we talked about it last week. Like when, well, if you really want to tap into the community, you got to get the movers and shakers in that community and not just when it suits you. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's just my little rant for, to today.
2: Yeah, for sure. And that's all we got for today as well. So, perfect way to wrap Yo, that up.
0: Yeah. So, uh, boom. thank you so much for taking, taking the time for, for the folks. You, thank at, you, man. Thanks for having me. This nice. is us. No, definitely for the folks that may want to tap in with you, you know, get some merch. I'm rocking the hat. I'm rocking the uh shorts as well. Uh, sure. where can they where can they rock out with you?
1: Yeah, man. Uh so our website's is uh f u t b o l Um at lb football on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at Mr. Mr. LBF, Facebook, Twitter, all that at LB Football.
0: Perfect. And yo, make sure you guys uh, tap in. You know, he's been at it for a long time and it's only yeah, going to go up yeah. from here. So uh, yeah, don't ask about, oh, when, when when's the next drop? He got it on the website. So make sure you You're check coming. it out. Uh, yeah. But that's our show for this week. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at 2centsfc. Check out our merch at 2 Shop. It helps support the show. And tweet us your comments with any topics you want me or L to discuss. Um, and that's it for. Uh, today. Hope you guys enjoy. Right. Peace out. Peace okay. out.